Hello, and welcome to Rise of RevOps. This episode features an interview with Mindy Fields, Sales Operation and Enablement Leader at LastPass. LastPass provides password and identity management solutions that are convenient, easy to manage, and effortless to use, helping more than 33 million users organize and protect their online lives. As an operations and enablement expert, Mindy leads a team of global operations and international business partners to provide insights and actionable intelligence about the performance of the company's sales organization. But before we get into Mindy's expertise, a brief word from our sponsor. Rise of RevOps is brought to you by Qualified. Qualified's Pipeline Cloud is the future of pipeline generation for revenue teams that use Salesforce. Learn more about the Pipeline Cloud on Qualified.com. Welcome to Rise of RevOps. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. This show is presented by Qualified. Go to Qualified.com to learn more. Mindy, how are you? I am doing great on this particular Friday. How are you, Ian? I'm doing great as well. I don't know when our listeners are going to be listening, but I hope that whatever day it is, is a great day for you. Uh, We're here on a Friday. It's a great day to talk RevOps. Super excited to learn about all the cool stuff you're doing at LastPass and of course your background. So how'd you get into RevOps in the first place? Yeah, so uh, when I was younger, I always had, um, I don't want to say an obsession, but I always liked numbers. I always liked being able to play around with numbers. When I was younger, I really wanted to do forensic accounting. It was something that I just thought would be super cool to like dive into understanding the business finances, where the money was going, and how individuals could take money from a business to be able to help stop it. As I started going down that path, I actually ended up switching gears um, and going into marketing analytics. So I ended up working for an organization that focused on education in advertising. And they were kind of a full-scale advertising company. And within that, I really learned that you could do a lot of fun stuff with a marketing team, which really fit my personality, as well as being able to play around with numbers and really grew my career from that. And then it was about 10 years ago now, I started an analytics manager gig, and that really took over from the sales ops perspective. And then once I went to a sales kickoff, I mean, I loved sales. um, So kind of found my people. That's kind of how it stuck. So that's how I got into it. And flash forward to today, tell us about your role at LastPass. So my role here at LastPass is a little bit twofold, I will say, at this exact moment. So part of the role is supporting our sales organization. That is things around helping them with their productivity providing visibility into the metrics um, of the leading and lagging indicators of performance to help drive them to close deals, as well as you know working with cross-functional teams to make sure that the sales team has what they need for support. So product marketing, focusing on competitive intelligence of our competitors and what's out there and, and how do we you know sell best against them or you know using that information. We also work with the finance team and the Salesforce administration team or business applications to try to make the systems what they need to be um, so that sales can get their jobs done easier, quicker, less hurdles to kind of get through from the business perspective. And then as well as that, here at LastPass, we are going through a carve-out from organization of GoTo. So with that, we are also building brand new systems, um, including our CRM which is almost like a, a second day job in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, holy moly, that really is. Yeah. That's exciting. Super, super uh, interesting. And uh, we'll get into that here in a little bit. 
What's your definition of RevOps? RevOps to me is um, different than sales operations. So you'll hear me say, you know, I am definitely sales operations. My mind always is focused on the sales organization first. I'm certainly, of course, always thinking about the company as well, but how to support sales. Rev operations to me is really after that contract is in the hand of its sales team member. And they are really helping after that contract is signed. So, you know, how do we bill? What are regulations that we have? They're really focused on the after effect. That last pass does separate that out today. Um, so our sales organization or sales operations organization reports into our CRO. And Rev Operations reports into the CFO, definitely a little bit more finance-driven from that perspective. So interesting. I mean, we we have this conversation all the time on the show because it's primarily what we talk about of where does RevOps live and how does it how does it live and what is it tied to and all that. So very interesting sort of distinction there. And is that, you know, I know in, in your previous roles, is that something that's been sort of different every time, I'd imagine? It has been. For the most part, though, it has reported into a CRO. And I think as the organizations have gotten bigger, in my experience, is when they really roll sales operations and revenue operations into one versus having them separated. That's not to say that that's rule of thumb or you know how most companies do it. But in my experience, typically, as the organization has gotten bigger, they end up moving it into one and moving operations in general under the CFO up until they have a COO. You talked a little bit about organization, but how is your RevOps team or sales ops team uh, a little different? How do you think about organization for, I mean, maybe not just for your company, but just in general, how, how would you organize a RevOps team? I think that there are really five arms to a sales operations team. A large piece of it is around analytics. So being able to share visibility into the metrics of the organization as well as the performance metrics of our sales team members. So that way they understand how they're being measured. That way they can continue to perform and the leadership has the ability to coach them as well. And the more visibility that you give into analytics, um, I think that really drives more of, of the behavior that we'd intend to see. Another piece of sales ops would be our tech stack. So the tools that we use or that we expect our sales team members to use that are really outside of the CRM. So our CRM that we use today and that I've I've used um, pretty consistently is the biggest name, probably Salesforce. But it's the tools that you work with outside of Salesforce. So uh, prospecting tools like Outreach or LinkedIn Navigator, tools like Calendly. Um, So I, I think that that's a big piece of it as well. We also have enablement that I think is part of sales operations or could also live separate from sales ops. But that is really what is training our sales organization, trying to make it in a way where they where they can learn as well as understanding the knowledge gaps we have within sales. So you can go through an onboarding experience, but maybe you're not picking up some of the information that's needed. Big piece of enablement too is understanding what those knowledge gaps are, having that supporting supporting training for those team members that maybe didn't pick up on on the initial because everybody learns differently. The last two pieces are kind of one and the same, but a little bit differently focused on where they support. So LastPass and some of my other experience as well has, has focused on sales as well as the partner team. So part of sales operations is the true sales ops perspective and the partner ops perspective, which is really helping with the day-to-day of the sales and the partner organization 
helping with data hygiene, helping um, with commissions and and questions that the sales team has. I mean, it's really, in my opinion, outside of analytics, one of the best parts because within sales, you never know what questions you're going to get. But when you ended up when you end up being that trusted partner with the sales organization, everything comes through your desk. So you're constantly learning something new, which is one of the things that I really love. Any other things that that sort of like unique or things that have changed in the last six months or anything uh, top of mind there with regards to uh, organization or strategy? Yeah, I would say like I could also share, you know, part of it too is making sure that you are collaborating across the organization so much of what we do within rev operations or sales operations is absolutely just driving the strategy of the sales organization or of the company and trying to align everyone across the organization. Okay, let's get to our first segment, Rev Obstacles. Obstacle, obstacle. An obstacle to what? There's your obstacle! We talk about the tough parts of RevOps. What's the hardest sales ops problem that you faced in the last six months? How did you solve it? Oh, this is a this is a this is a good one. Um, very circumstantial at this moment. So, remember how I told you we were going through a carve out of go to? That has probably been one of the most difficult things, but more specifically around time management. Because when you are truly doing ultimately two jobs, trying to maintain the day to day of our sales organization and still providing the support that they require and need, as well as building out all of the new systems. It is so difficult to try to manage the day. I think one of the best ways that I could say around, you know, how am I solving it, or at least actively solving it still to this day, is communicating and over-communicating with my peers, as well as my cross-functional teams. So... There are certain weeks that we will have through the carve-out where we're going through data validation. And as you can imagine, data validation is never a fun experience. It's a lot of Excel spreadsheets. It's a lot of pulling information and validating that it was mapped correctly and that all the information came over as you'd anticipate. But sharing like, you know, these weeks are going to be really tough on our sales ops team. And my peers have been really amazing to kind of back off for those particular weeks to say, you know what, we are going to reduce the the number of requests that we have for your team, or we're going to take meetings off of your calendar that you don't need to be a part of, at least for that time. Um, so being able to share that information and being able to know that your peers are supporting you and respecting you through that has been really, really helpful. But I imagine if you're not sharing that information, like, hey, we're going to be overwhelmed. This is upcoming. This is happening then nobody knows what's going on in your day-to-day if you're not expressing that to them. We've also relied on other teams throughout the organization as well. So when we are getting kind of overloaded, we'll reach out to, you know, product marketing or, you know, the sales leadership and kind of say, look, like, can you help in this area? because we are falling behind or we need some support here. Um, And everybody has really stepped up to to be able to help our sales ops team to be able to be successful in our day-to-day and in the carve-out. 
any revoops moments for for you in the uh, in the past, <laughs> either for this or, or something else? I don't think I've ever heard it called revoops before. That's <laughs> pretty good. Um, I actually uh, thought it was a misspelling <laughs> when I saw some of the questions that could come up during this. So, um, oh, funny! That's nice funny. to hear you actually say that. <laughs> You know, I think in in a career, you have a lot of oopsie daisies that that can transpire, and it's really you know how you learn from them and and what you do from that. So, one of the ones that I can think about is actually specifically around enablement. So, enablement, you'll end up doing live trainings for your sales organizations. Sometimes that's in person. Nowadays, it's also, of course, done virtually. And we do them pretty often. One time though, we had a presenter that I had never actually seen present. This individual is like, absolutely would love to present, like will be great at it. I saw their presentation deck looked great. It looked like it was going to be way more focused on, you know, really hearing the person. So the slides were more picturesque, not a lot of words. So I was like, this is going to be great. They're going to talk, they're going to be engaging, but never actually saw them present before. Come the day of the presentation and we get into the training. I don't know how else to say it other than the whole thing kind of fell flat. Within the first 10 minutes, you saw people on their phones, you saw people giggling, people pulling out laptops, like just the, the presenter had an inability to hold the attention and more importantly, had an inability of delivering the message, which is absolutely what you need to do. So learned very quickly from that experience that we have to always see the presenter present. And now, you know, I've, I've started to build out and have used in my career as well a way to kind of see, here's kind of like a list of all the things that I would expect this presenter to do. Basic things. Can they hold eye contact? Are they engaging? Do they have energy? So something about the way that they present, but then also if you're trying to train a team, what are the takeaways that we want them to have? Did the team actually understand what happened? And here's like a little quiz or something afterwards or even doing live questions to make sure that you're keeping engagement as well. So it's definitely an area where uh, I was disappointed in what happened, but we'll certainly never let it happen again. (laughs) All right, let's get to our next segment, the tool shed. Hey, hey Brandon, Michael, want to do me and mom a favor, get off that shed? This is my favorite place, (laughs) the tool shed. Get off the shed! We're talking tools, spreadsheets, metrics, just like everyone's favorite tool, Qualified. No B2B tool shed is complete without Qualified. Go to qualified.com right now and check them out. They're, and they're the best. They've been with us since the beginning of the show and they're they're awesome. Uh, so go to qualified.com right now. Mindy, what is in your tool shed? Oh man, we have a pretty good tech stack for our sales organization. So first and foremost is our CRM which of course is Salesforce. We also use the prospecting tool of outreach. We also have Gong and we use that a lot for recording calls as a way for coaching and as a way for building training. So we can get really into the weeds when we hear calls that go really well from SEs. 
We also use Clery from a forecasting perspective, uh, which sits inside of Salesforce. PartnerTap. So PartnerTap is one that um, I actually haven't really used before, but it is one that LastPass has. It's definitely a really great tool if, if your organization is working with partners. So PartnerTap connects into your CRM and it lets you know of the partners that are out there that also use PartnerTap, which customers do they have? So that way, if you're prospecting into a particular customer and you have a relationship with a particular partner, do you have a relationship with this customer? So that's a really good tool. And then my last favorite tool, which I think every organization should have, is Power BI. I am in love with Power BI. It is one of my most favorites (laughs) and it works directly with Excel. So here at LastPass, we are in the process of building out Power BI and we're working with a contracting company called Genton BI. And I have been thoroughly impressed with what they've been able to build for us. They build beautiful dashboards, which of course our executive team and our leadership team loves to be able to access because it makes it super simple to see the information. But for the individual analysts as a user, you get to use it as if it's Excel. So you can create a pivot table from using the core model, or you can also kind of create your own spreadsheet that is essentially formulas from Excel, but they're cubed formulas. And it refreshes within seconds. Like it's, it's truly one of my favorite tools. I could not do my day job without it. How did you do implementation of Power BI? You mentioned you had some, uh, a pretty cool partner there. Yeah, so implementation, we'd actually scoped out a couple of different tools to see what would be best for us. Certainly in my experience, you can tell I already love Power BI. So it was kind of a no-brainer for me, but still wanted to do my due diligence to see what other tools would be out there be best for us. Some of the other team members as well across the organization was familiar with Power BI, which makes it a bit easier. So then we go down the path of picking out you know, who's, who's the best contractor to be able to work with. When we got to JIT and BI, they already knew so much about the the behind the scenes of Salesforce. So for them to connect into our CRM and build just basic stats that you always want to have from the RevOps or SalesOps perspective, it seems to be something that they're already highly experienced in. So when we're talking about close rates, when we're talking about pipeline creation, they already knew what was out there inside of Salesforce. So I think it took less than one month to have the full connection, our core model, all of that that we needed, basic information built from Excel spreadsheets to the dashboards. I mean, it was one of the quickest implementations. What metrics matter to you? Oh, I think from the sales ops perspective, we have a lot of basic ones that most people are familiar with, which is attainment. So how are we performing against our targets? Certainly, it's targets from the revenue perspective, but also targets that we start with from the year to build out our our metrics. So are we creating enough pipeline? Are we calling enough customers, emailing enough prospects? So all of those kind of associated to attainment, but not necessarily just revenue itself. Just how are you performing against the targets that you expect? Pipeline creation is definitely a big one. If you're not creating the pipeline, then you don't have pipeline to close. Um, So love being able to see that we are consistently creating pipeline. Another one is close rates. So of the pipeline that we create, are we closing it? 
Are we closing it at the same speed that we've been closing before or not? So days to close as well as part of that. Also, you know, activities. So that's your emails, that's your meetings, that's your phone calls. So how often are you doing that and how many are you doing? Um, And is that following our standard expectation? And then number of prospects that you're adding into outreach or into Salesforce to let us know that you are actively going out and prospecting into your territory and adding people into sequences. I would also say a little bit behind the scenes. So all of that information, we also expect to share within Salesforce, dashboards, reports. It's very clear to our sales organization what we're looking at. I'd also say from the RevOps perspective of trying to understand, you know, performance of the business and making sure we've got expectations from the finance side. I also uh, really appreciate doing point-in-time pipeline historical reporting as well. So what did we have going into the quarter, you know, at the beginning of Q2 this year versus what we had last year at the beginning of Q2? Did that go up or down? Um, And close rates associated to that as well. And then forecasting. So you can also use that point-in-time pipeline reporting for understanding forecasting of the business. Not just the current quarter, but being able to look out the next quarter and even into the year as well. So that way you're understanding where we're sitting from the forecast perspective versus what our goals and expectations are. Any tools that you're thinking about investing in or something that you're excited about for the future? Tools that we would be investing in. Or even topic areas, not necessarily like what the name of the tool is, but just... I feel like we just went through buying so many as an organization because LastPass is now standing up completely on its own. So we went through and scoped so many. I will say one of my favorites that we onboarded that I had never worked with before is Showpad. So Showpad is an enablement tool. It is your learning content and just your content management tool, which is really amazing. It's used for our internal team. And we can share it out with our external team members, so our customers and our partners. And it's super simple to use. You have so much tracking and visibility into who's using what. So I've been loving Showpad, a brand new tool that I hadn't used prior to LastPass. Any blind spots that that you wish you could measure better? Blind spots. Man, you're giving me some doozies. So... So today, I would think some of the blind spots are just the the ability to share everything across our organization. So I don't necessarily feel like it's it's a complete blind spot, but being able to share something in real time to everyone else, I think, is a blind spot. So I could be talking about a particular metric and I know where it stands year-to-date and quarter-to-date. Um, Because I've created, you know, like a quick little pivot table. But being able to share that out with everyone else across our organization, that's probably the biggest blind spot, which will be solved once the the carve out is complete. It's more of just the the influx between systems and, and sharing information at the moment. What about spreadsheets? Where are you a big spreadsheet fan or you do you hate them? <laughs> I am a huge spreadsheet fan and I am an individual that will still to this day create my own spreadsheets constantly. Ones that I'll share out and ones that are just for me. I love the roster spreadsheet. It's probably my very first spreadsheet that I think is one of the most important ones, predominantly because it's your baseline for all of your other reporting. 
When I think about the roster, it holds information of, you know, when did a team member start? That helps you understand, like, if they're not closing the same amount of business as their peer, well, why is that? Well, they've only been in the role for a month. So that makes a little bit more sense. You know, the hierarchy or, you know, your segment and region reporting, knowing where that team member sits typically lives inside of a roster somewhere to say that this individual supports North America um, and they're within the SMB segment. You're able to get so much information just from the roster itself as long as you've got one. Another one that I love is being able to see growth within the organization as well. Depending on how you're maintaining your roster, you can see that the BDR was promoted into an SMB team member, promoted into commercial, maybe switched gears and then popped over to operations here with us. But you kind of see the growth of those team members within the roster spreadsheet as well. Another one would be our activity scorecard, which is a lot of the metrics that I shared uh, earlier that we focus on. How are you performing against targets? Activities around calls, emails, all those basics. Are you creating pipeline? What's your coverage ratio? And then being able to stack break that information as well because everybody in sales loves um, competition. So you might as well make it that way everybody has the ability to get to number one or wants to get to number one. And then the last one would be forecasting. I think it's such an important part of the organization to be able to know where we think our quarter is going to end, where we think our year is going to end. How's that measuring up against our goals? And then where are we falling short or where is our surplus to go and try to dive in and get some more information there? Anything that you're doing with data that has surprised you or is particularly cool? I think with data in general, I'm always about simple and basics. I think like when you're working with data, always have that unique identifier. It's one of the most important things. So that way you're always able to connect information across the board. If you don't have a way to do that, then you're struggling to, to connect customer information to one information to you know who closed the opportunity. You always have to have a way to connect information back. And I do think sometimes as businesses grow, they forget that tiny piece of information that is so critical to being able to understand what's happening. Last question for our tool shed here. Any spreadsheet tips? When I think about unique identifiers, let's just stick with something simple. VLOOKUPs. I use VLOOKUPs every day, all day. It's, it's my whole life. It's the simplest thing. It's something that allows you to connect that data associated to that unique identifier. So you can pull multiple pieces of information into one view. Same with pivot tables. While I do not love pivot tables for sharing out information, I think to be able to answer quick questions or or quickly understand some insights, I'll typically start with a pivot table, but I will never actually present a pivot table as my final findings because I think that they are hideous. But I do think that they're good for quick analyzing. So that way you know where to focus your attention and then be able to dive a little bit deeper. Final thoughts on any, any tool stuff? I would say a final thought around a tool which actually sounds kind of weird, but it's your team. Your team is a resource that we have. And the team that you have is so incredibly important. And being able to empower your team members to go out and and help the sales organization to be involved, the more they know, the better resources we have across the board. Wonderful. Um, Okay, let's get to our final segment, Quick Hits. Two quick questions and quick answers. 
Quick hits, Mindy, are you ready? Let's do it. Number one, if you could make any animal, any size, what animal would it be and what size? I would make an ant massive. Like, I think an ant should be the size of an elephant. Mostly because, like, don't you think it'd be kind of funny to see them running around on their legs and trying to burrow just, underground? Like, I think that'd be pretty entertaining at the zoo. Just picking up, like, cars. Yeah. <laughs> well, elephants don't really do that. And they could. They've got the trunk to be able to do it. It's true. Do you have a uh, biggest RevOps misconception? I think from the sales side, thinking of ops, we're not... I feel like sales always thinks that we are the commission's team. And that's not necessarily the case. I also think, too, that that sales believes that we are the business applications team. Like, I can go create development all of a sudden inside of Salesforce. And that is not necessarily the case. I also think from the ops to sales perspective, numbers are not every single thing. So while we drive a lot of information from numbers, the context always has to be there. And oftentimes, ops will not know the context context every time. So I think it's super important to remember that you have to have those conversations with others, regardless of what the numbers are saying. What is your favorite podcast, TV show, movie, or thing that you're checking out recently? Favorite? Well, right now I'm following Succession because it's in its final season and I love it. I also always have Modern Family in the background of anything because I think Phil Dumphy is one of the funniest people of all times. Um, and it makes me still laugh out loud no matter how many times I've seen an episode. What's your best advice for someone who's newly leading a rep ops or a sales ops team? I would say, listen. Hear what people are telling you. Understand the company. Not every company is exactly the same. Yes, some of the stats are the same, but don't make assumptions around the data. Understand where the company is, you know, what their successes are, what their challenges are, who are the people that you need to connect with, what are their standard operating cadences so that you can get involved. Don't rush in and make a ton of assumptions around something. Just sit back, hear, listen, and you'll be able to quickly tell where you can go and make an impact. Mindy. Awesome having you on the show. For listeners, you can go check out LastPass. Go to lastpass.com. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything to plug? Nope. Just Jit and BI. Everybody should be calling them. Great Power BI company. <laughs> like, love them. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Rise of RevOps. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and subscribe wherever you're listening. This podcast was created by the team at Qualified. The Pipeline Cloud is the modern way. B2B revenue teams generate pipeline. Learn more at qualified.com.